At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a great weekend. Deer season is creeping up on us. If you have a September opener, then you're uh, sub 40 days, I believe, now at this point. And depending on when that is, if you're October, you got to wait a whole nother month. But uh, typically speaking, I found if you have an October October opener, you probably got a little bit better deer hunting than I do down here in Florida. So kudos to you. I'd, I'd take that. I hope you're ready for a, an awesome podcast. I've got a guest on the line now that I think uh, you're really going to enjoy. I think he's got a message that's really going to resonate with y'all, and I think uh, you're going to really appreciate. Um, but before we get to that, I'm going to give a, a quick shout out to our sponsor who's been great to us this entire time. You've heard us talk about him before, Wild Edge Inc. He has been a tremendous supporter to this podcast. He makes an all-American, 100% American made, 100% warrantied. If something happens to that step, if it breaks, give him a call. Shoot him a message. He will tend to it. You don't get customer service like that anywhere else in the tree stand industry. So uh, go to his page, www.wildedgeinc, that's I-N-C, and uh, see what he's all about. I I promise you it's not just hype. On the phone, I've got a guest who's going to speak to something we haven't discussed on this podcast before directly. I think we've kind of touched on it uh, in a variety of ways, but this guy is a, uh, I'd, I'd say he's an expert in this area. This is what he focuses on. His name is Adam Velastro, and he is the owner of Healthy Hunters. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing? I am hanging in there. It's been a rough week, but uh, you know what? It's okay. Hunting season's right around the corner. That's right. <laughs> so you've been kind enough, even though you're on the road today, to uh, to take a call from me and, and, and uh, talk to us about uh, a variety of topics. But before we get into that, why don't you tell the listeners uh, kind of who you are and uh, anything you'd want them to know about you, buddy? Sure. Uh, well, I started out uh, following my dad around in the woods um, at a very young age. Here in New York, you don't get to start hunting until your mid-teens. Um, so up until that point, it was more or less just kind of following his footsteps and learning everything I could as I went. Um, and eventually, you know, that turned into me getting my hunting license and going out and shooting my first year with archery equipment. And then uh, it's, it evolved into, uh, I guess, sort of using the word obsession, because uh, that's what it is, that, you know, into what it is today. And I'm, I very much so enjoy being out there and, and hunting. Um, it's what it means to me has definitely changed over the years, um, but it's still something that, you know, I lose sleep over and can't wait to get out there and do every single fall. Um, I do live in upstate New York, uh, which is for a lot of people aren't familiar with, it is, uh, mountainous here. You know, we do have, um, the Adirondack state park is one of the largest, uh, parks in the entire country. Uh, we have, uh, high peaks and hundreds of thousands of unbroken acres. So hunting up here is definitely physically demanding if you put yourself in the right places. Um, and other than that, I'm a family guy. I've got a son who just turned five in May, uh, and I really just kind of focus on, you know, getting out there, enjoying nature and hunting and, uh, you know, as of late, inspiring, motivating and uh, working with people to help them become the best versions of themselves. Awesome. Dude, that's uh, I'm a little jealous. I <laughs> Topo maps aren't even a thing here in Florida. Um, <laughs> so the fact that you have mountains uh, in your range, I mean, your, your state's got a lot of diversity. I mean, we do too, when it comes to fishing, but when it comes to hunting, there's not a whole lot of, uh, diversity of landscape. So I'm a little bit jealous. I, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and, and, uh, the things you get to get out and do on your, on your free time, that's uh that's a vacation trip for me. So, 
But uh, so we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about something kind of different today. Mainly, we're gonna talk about motivation and inspiration today. Am I correct? Yeah, that's the idea. I guess we can start by kind of telling the story of how this all came about. Um, you know, not too long ago, I was you know driving home from work one day, and there wasn't anything particular going on. I was just sitting at a red light, and uh, this might sound a little, you know, a little fruity or whatever, but the truth is. I was sitting there just kind of listening to music and I had this, this thought and this wave just kind of went over my body. And, you know, I was sitting there and I was thinking about, you know, how I'm going to come up with, you know, my rent money for the month and all my bills that were behind. And, you know, I was sitting there, I was chewing tobacco at the time and getting flat from that with, from all my family and my girlfriend. And something just kind of popped in my head, something clicked. And I decided that that wasn't me. That's not who, I wanted to be in this life and it's not how I wanted to live. I, I felt like I am here for more than that. And I really just, that really kind of started the ball rolling. Um, and at that time I decided to start working with people and really working with myself and figuring all that out. And it just kind of segued into, you know, uh, my biggest project right now is healthy hunters, uh, which is an online, um, more or less, something based in the, the hunting industry. Um, and that really gives me that outlet to help other people and to, sh- to kind of tell my story a little bit and, and maybe get some other people to realize that they can also work on, be, you know, everybody has the potential to be a better person than they were yesterday. No matter who you are, no matter what life situation you're in, you really do have that opportunity. And I made that happen. I changed my life for the better. Um, and I just kind of took, you know, took life by the horns and really have been focusing on that. And it's something that <clears throat> has really been resonating with a lot of people. Um, I don't really, I wouldn't say that this is for the money. There's not a ton of money in it or anything like that. But what there is, is the satisfaction of watching people that I talk to every day get away from a lifestyle that they didn't, they weren't enjoying at one point or another, or just to become a better version of who they are. Um, and you know, the thing is, well, I am not anybody special. I'm not, you know, I haven't accomplished more than, you know, any other guy has. And, uh, what it really comes down to is that there's, there's one thing in my opinion that most people are yearning for, and that's self-awareness or or confidence in themselves to be able to do the things that they dream about or the things that they see themselves doing in the future. And, uh, the fact that I kind of have, have accomplished that at least allows me to, to, to instill that and to work with people on that front. Um, it's been a very, very rewarding experience so far. So let's, uh, let's dive into that a little bit more. How does, how, how did you become self-aware? How did you get that self-awareness? Um, honestly, it, it, I can't say whether or not it happened all at once. I think it was a process over time and it is definitely something that, you know, once you have it, there's no going back, really. It's, it, it gives you a level of confidence in your life that is unparalleled to anything else. It's not a false confidence. It's not something you have to go out and, and work for. It's almost, it's almost a skill, really. You have to focus on changing certain, certain aspects of your life and doing it with dedication and doing it with commitment. And once you start to do those things, it almost becomes an addiction, more or less. So, you, you kind of get hooked on that feeling of self-betterment. Like you, uh, for example, you know, I always used to worry what everybody else thought. You know, being someone that's kind of entrepreneurial in nature, someone that has always had a dream, you get a lot of flack from people that uh, don't necessarily agree with that. They don't, they see dreaming as a bad thing. They look at it and say, you know, the best thing you can do in life is to really just buckle down and work hard and, and uh, you know, this and that. And the truth is, is, you know, in my opinion, those people are the dream killers. Those are the people who tell you not to do something because either they couldn't do it themselves or because they believe it's too hard and that it takes a very special type of person to be able to accomplish something like that in this life as difficult as it can be. Um, I just don't believe that. And I never have. Um, And that's kind of where that self-awareness comes from is believing in yourself you, you have to get to a certain point where you understand that 
being here, all right, so being here on this planet is, uh, you know, I read somewhere that it's like a one in 400 billion chance of you even being alive. So the fact that you're here, the fact that you're alive, if you look at it that way, you get to experience something that an infinite number of other people did not get to experience. There's an infinite number of people who did not get to experience life as we know it. And you're here. You get to experience that life. You get to live it. You get to, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do with it. Everything is a choice. Once you kind of look at it that way, once you open your mind to that objectively, you realize that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter, you know, what your weaknesses are. What does matter is that you recognize what you're good at, what your weaknesses are, what you want out of life, and then you commit to it. And nothing, once you get to that point and you realize that this is really what you are and what you want, nothing can get in the way of that. Nobody can talk you down. No, you know, no life circumstances can get in the way. In fact, the harder you work at it, the less likely I find that you are to fail at that because you that's what you live for. You dream for it. And it's just something that once you get that, you get it, you get an extreme level of confidence that just, it's almost unbreakable. Um, I, you know, whether this is naive or not, um, I look at life with the idea that there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that can stop me from chasing this dream and doing what I want to do. Money, people, nothing. I mean, as long as you're willing to put in the work and and recognize those things, then that's really where that self-awareness comes from. And, to be completely honest with you, if you're going to chase a dream, if you're going to start a business, if you're going to, you know, start your own hunting show or, or something along those lines, or, you know, it took a certain level of confidence just for you to be able to start up, uh, you know, Chasing Tales podcast. Um, and that says something right there, you know, so anybody that's really done anything for themselves or is chasing a dream themselves probably under has an idea of what I'm saying right now. Um, and for the people that don't, they really just need to open their minds a little bit and realize that, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or what anybody else thinks or, you know, we get a lot of hate from people sometimes on our our, uh, social media and you can always see right through it. You know, you can see right through it and you can just tell that, you know, either those people are saying what they're saying because they aren't happy with their own lives or, you know, they're saying what they're saying because, uh, it's a sad thing to say, but people in general just don't like to see other people succeed, you know, and uh, I'm sorry if I'm running on a little bit with this, but I want to bring up one more no, point. It's, okay. and it's probably the toughest thing of all when you do become, uh, you know, quote unquote, self-aware. And that's, you're going to lose a lot of relationships. You're going to lose a lot of people in your life. Um, and all that really goes to show is that, you know, they were, you to them were a benefit in their life. They didn't really think about how they were a benefit in your life. Um, and you know, I lost, I lost quite a few friends. You know, you lose your social life quite a bit because people in your peers, people that you grew up with or people that you are in the same age group as they don't, it, it makes them feel uncomfortable to see you succeed beyond them to a certain point, to a certain level. Um, so you got to be prepared for that. You know, that it's one of the, the side effects of this whole thing, but it definitely is something that is number one priority. It's got to be your first priority when you're when you're thinking about striking out and chasing your dreams or doing whatever it is that you want to do. Well, I think if if I may, I'd try and and maybe uh, add my perspective to what what you've said and 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 kind of what I would what I would call it in this sense. Not that it's better or right or wrong or anything of that nature, but I think a lot of what you're describing also is is a lot of confidence. It's a lot of self-confidence and sureness about yourself and the direction that you're going in. And that has, you know, you touched on chasing tails. There were a lot of times, and there still are, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm above it or, or I've, I've moved myself past it, where I, I doubt the direction of the podcast. I doubt uh, the effectiveness or whether or not it'll be uh, something that people want to listen to. Uh, you know, that carries over to a lot of other things. You know, I start to doubt whether or not I've hung my tree stand in the right spot or I've, I've doubt, you know, I start to doubt whether I can make the right decisions in, in uh, the, the, the field. I think that that self-confidence is something that, uh, the people who are making negative comments on Instagram and Facebook and, oh, you should have gave him another year or I wouldn't have ever shot that deer or, 
You know, um, I, I think a lot of that's coming from people who don't have that self-confidence. I, they, it, they outwardly express it, but deep down, I don't believe that they have it. And I think it's very important for people to develop that mental toughness that kind of kind of comes from going out and doing your own thing. And uh, would you say that that's kind of a, a fair addition to what you were saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, the, the way that I kind of look at that is it is all about confidence. It's, and you get that confidence when you start to lose the fear of failure. Um, I think a lot of people sit up at night worrying about the things that you just mentioned. You know, I know I do sometimes thinking about, you know, if my tree stands in the right spot, like you mentioned, or, you know, what I'm doing with my brand is, is the right thing at the right time. Um, but what's the other side of that, right? The other side of that is feeling 100% sure about it. And in my opinion, that's the most dangerous thing because at that point you've closed your mind to the idea that there might be something different or better. Um, there might be a better way of doing it or a better spot to hang your tree stand. And I think once you lose that fear of, of if you do fail when you uh, make that decision, then that's really what sh- builds that confidence. That's where, what the foundation of that confidence sits on. Um, so I think you definitely hit the nail on the head for sure. Well, and I think that that mental toughness, you know, while it gives you the self-confidence to do a lot of things, I think it also gives you the, the, the self-confidence to innovate like what you were saying. Um, you know, there was a phrase and I was trying to find it, but there was an entrepreneur, a very famous entrepreneur from the early, uh, 1920s. And he said, if you're not, if you're, if you're too afraid to fail, then you'll, then you'll never manage to innovate. And, you know, the idea behind there is innovation comes from trying something and knowing that there's a good chance uh, that, uh, you know, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to fail more often than you're not. But if, you, if you're too scared to even try, then you're always going to fail from the start, I guess, right. is, is, the, is the premise there. But that leaves one big question. That is, how do you get past taking that first step? What, how do you motivate yourself to move in that direction? Well, I think... Um... You know, the, the, the truth is, is that um, once you get past that fear, that, that's really the biggest hurdle. That's, in my opinion, that's probably, you know, 75% of the battle is getting past that fear. But once you get there, then you have to, you have to have a motivation. You have to have something that, you know, is the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and for everybody, that's different. You know, success can mean a million different things to a million different people. Some people, you know, well, they want to have a lot of money. They want to have lots of nice things. And, you know, other people, um, want to live their life doing what they love. Um, and sometimes that doesn't always translate into having a lot of money. You know, uh, I think anybody, I think for the majority of people that are actually in the hunting industry, for example, they, they aren't doing it for the money. Um, they're doing it because it's what they love to do. Um, and I think that's a pretty big misconception against, uh, f- from people who aren't in the industry is that, um, <laughs> I'm not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the money. It's, it's not, it's about trying to make enough money to pay your bills so that you can do what it is that you love to do. And, sure. you know, for me, that's kind of what this is. My, my version of success is getting to that, that point, number one of self-awareness, like we mentioned, and number two, losing your fear. And then number three, just doing what it is that you want to do. And it's really all about the journey. The brand that I've built, um, really, you know, the success for that is just the, the way that it's helped people. Um, and that t- kind of ties into whatever it is that people want to do is you just have to figure out what that is. Uh, take whatever it is that you're naturally good at, for example, uh, something that you naturally enjoy spending your time doing. And that's a good place to start. Um, get out there and figure out what it is you want to do. And you have to learn. You have to be willing to learn and learn and learn and, uh, you know, do whatever you have to do to fill your brain with as much knowledge as you can about the subject at hand. You might already be an expert in it. Um, it doesn't matter. You can always learn more. Um, what it really comes down to is that if you want to stand out, you have to be different. Um, and I think that's another key component to this is, like the fear of failure, you can't fear being different because nobody in this, in this life that has been a significant contribution to the changing the lives of people around them was what you would consider to be somebody who lived a normal life. Um, people who are going to change things are the people who aren't normal, right? So when 
you know, there's people love motivation. People love to be inspired. And, you know, a lot of the times they'll, they'll get pumped up maybe watching one of their favorite movies or, you know, listening to a motivational video or, or watching a speech by somebody or watching their favorite, you know, sports player um, do really well. You know, uh, Conor McGregor, for example, is going to be fighting Mayweather pretty soon, and a lot of people are inspired by what he's doing. And, you know, inspiration comes from everywhere. But you really have to focus on, in my opinion, you really just have to focus on just absolutely blowing away what anybody would have for an expectation of what it is that you're doing. So when people post, like, uh, you know, these these like memes on their uh, their walls of like a lion and it says to be a beast you have to do you know everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do that is such a good quote right. because it's absolutely true and people give up the minute that what it is that they love to do starts to become a chore starts to, to get difficult um you know for example um there's things out there where if you look at michael phelps who are the olympic swimmer that guy um Everybody told him he was crazy because he would train three times a day. And all of, you know, a lot of the, the, the swim coaches and everything said, you're overtraining, you know, you can't do it more than once or once a day. And all of his buddies, everybody else was like, you're nuts. Why are you, why are you doing this three times a day? And look at what that did for him. You know, he became one of the most, uh, one of the best Olympians that I can remember anyway in, in recent times. And it, that's the mindset you have to carry into it. You know, if you want to be, if you want to be an exceptional hunter, you have to you have to become obsessed. You have to become obsessed with what sure. it is you're doing. If you want to be, you know, uh, an exceptional uh, podcast host, you have to be obsessed with that. You have to truly and 100% devote beyond what anybody else would ever even think of doing. Um, a good example was I had a buddy reach out to me the other day because um, I took my girlfriend up. We're, we're working on this um, – goal of ours, which is to climb all 46 high peaks in the Adirondacks here in New York. Um, and we climbed a pretty serious mountain on Sunday. Uh, it was about nine miles, 3,000 feet in elevation gain. And it took us about six hours. We took our time. But when we got back, we were absolutely fried. And my buddy was like, so you guys just going to chill out for the rest of the day? And I'm like, nah, I said, I'm going to head to the gym. And he's like, you got to be insane. What are you talking about? You just got, why do you do that to your body? Why do you beat yourself up like that? And it's because I want to, like, I, it's not just because I'm trying to be more of a beast than anybody else. It's because I love pushing my limits. I, I have not met my limits yet, and I want to push myself every single opportunity that I get to figure out what it is that I am personally capable of doing. Um, it's something that you know resonates in everything that I do. It's, it's 100% or it's nothing at all. Um, and I think that if people that are trying to you know, if, if people have gotten to that point where they're confident, they feel like they're ready to take on whatever it is that they want to do, they have to be willing to put in that kind of work because the 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 results that you get are directly related to the amount of work that you put in. Um, so if you want something to happen, you have got to work. Uh, you know, a, another good example of that is having a brand in the industry. When we first started our brand, it was just us. Um, now we've got I don't know, three or four that are something that I pay attention to every single day uh, that are out there and they're trying to do the same thing. And you know what? If I take a break, if I take one second and, and look in the other direction and those guys aren't and they're actually still working, then they're going to beat me. And it's, I love the competition. I love the game of it. I really do. It's something that I look forward to every single day. Um, and so – you need to have that work ethic because if you don't, somebody else is. Somebody else is going to come out there and they are going to do it better than you are. Um, so really, that's, you know, the three main factors. Again, is find your self-awareness, get that confidence, get out there, figure, it, figure out what it is you want to do, and then just become obsessed and just work. That's, it's really, it's just work. Just get out there and do the work. Well, I think, I think, you know, there's another thing that I'd add to that, and this is just perspective on my end, and that is, you know, we're given one life in this world, and you, every day that you don't do something to better yourself in that direction, whatever goal it is, every day that you don't push yourself, or, you know, for your example, not going to the gym after you got done with that mountain, or in my case, uh, not listening to, dude, I, li I have got 29 hunting-related podcasts, and I've got 36 business and communication podcasts 
on my phone. It, I listen to all of those all day at work. I charge my headphones at lunch, and I am back to podcast listening throughout the day. And I've got sticky notes all over my desks of how people produce podcasts, what kind of content they're putting out, and I am constantly trying to grow. You talked about if you slack for a day, somebody's going to get the edge up on you. You know, honestly, you can be competing with yourself too. There's a competition there to be had, and that is if I don't if I don't push myself today, I am I am one day behind in my journey tomorrow, and I have to work twice as hard or three times as hard. Or I, point being, I have to work harder to get there tomorrow. And I think, you know, we, we can tie this here in in a, in a second into into how it, it fits into the hunting industry. But I feel like personally speaking, there are a lot of people who make some awesome plans, and there are a lot of people who dream very big. And once you get passionate about something, and once you set that 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 lifestyle once you embark on that journey i think it's also important to go at it with a reckless abandonment but also don't forget to have a plan absolutely you know have some have some have you know my expectations i've always you know my my co-host and i have always conversed about you know the realism of our plans i make there was a high school football coach somewhere in georgia and he had the most winning seasons or some insane statistic i mean it was just ungodly to the point where he wrote a book on his success and I read it and it was a long time ago but I never forgot the one-liner and he said I set my goals up every day so that if I give the perfect effort and I meet the perfect opportunities they're accessible and if I fail it's only because I was so ambitious that I couldn't meet that by some other obstacle other than me under uh, setting a goal to underachieve and I think that's so important for people is we set out on these things we don't set good goals or we don't, you know, set a good plan. It's not just a goal. It's not just what are you going to do today. That's important too. But also making sure you're looking down the road. Um, you know, compete with somebody else. And if there's nobody out there to compete with, compete with. I'm sorry, compete with other people. And if there's nobody else out there to compete with, compete with yourself. Do both. I love it, man. I love you it. You know, absolutely. So let let me ask you this: How does this? How does this determination and this motivation, if I may, if you've got something else to add to that, we we can we can. Uh, we can go back, um, but how does this motivation and this inspiration tie into our passion for the outdoors? Well, really, it, it, you know, technically, um, it, it can tie into anything in life. Um, for me, it, it ties into this industry because the industry right now, and this is just my opinion, um, may not reflect the opinions of everybody, but it's a mess. Um, when I grew up. Um, my main, the, the, what really kind of planted the seed for, for chasing uh, the dream of, of making a living in the hunting industry was watching uh, Bill Jordan on the Real Tree Monster Buck series on VHS. Um, we all did I, that. Oh, yeah, brother. We've <laughs> all done that. We've all got that same story sitting up at night watching those videos. And, you know, um, it's just that's really where it spawned from. And I remember thinking back then how. Um, how it related so much to my experiences hunting, you know, like it made me want to go out and hunt. It made me want to go out there and, and sit in the tree stand for three hours and just, you know, just replay those episodes in my head while I was sitting in the stand. That's how much I enjoyed it. Um, and now it it really has, it's, it's almost too commercialized. It's almost, um, to the point where everybody's trying to, everybody's trying too hard to make it something that it's not, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, that my favorite shows out there are the shows that really just are down to earth, that people are, are like, they're not trying to do fancy this or fancy that. And I understand you have to have originality to really, you know, build something anymore in this industry. But at the same time, people are, are starving for the hunting industry to be what it was back then. And you hear it. If you go on any forum or you talk to any group of hunters anywhere, they all say the same thing. I can't stand watching half the hunting shows that are on TV anymore. And I'm not trying to bash those hunting shows or the people that run them or anything like that. It's just this is what people are telling me. And I think that if, you know, what I am bringing to the table, what what I'm bringing to the table with the brand that I have with Healthy Hunters is that, it's no longer about that commercialization. It's no longer about what are, I didn't get my, you know, my Matthews bow or my Bowtech bow to go out there and say that 
this is the reason why I kill the deer. I don't want people, I don't want to be that person that says, Hey, watch me go kill something and say that the reason I killed all of those things is because I'm using these products. I think that that that's poor marketing. Number one. I mean, nobody wants to be told what to do just because somebody else has success with it. And they can see right through that. They know that the reality of the situation is that you could go out there with any type of, of bow or weapon and, and kill a deer if you put enough time and effort into it. It really, it, it's not about that. Um, and so when it comes to the industry, you know, I just, I know that people are, are starving for that, but we also have a new generation of hunters and that's something that we all need to pay attention to. And that's the millennials, right? The millennials are, are coming in and what do they care about, right? What do the millennials care about? The millennials, they care about organics. They care about, they care about nature. They care about conservation. And if we can talk to them, if we can speak to them in a way that says, Hey, this is right up your alley. You know, you can, it's all about eating healthy. It's all about, you know, conserving the species and the land with the dollars that we spend by hunting. You know, it's, it's all about this. It's about getting more people involved in the sport and less about ourselves as an individual and, and what we can do. It's, it's really, in my opinion, that's where it's headed. And I think that that's good. I think that's great for the industry. I don't care what political affiliation you have or what your religious beliefs are or anything like that. What matters is that they care enough about it to want to start hunting. And we're speaking to those people more than anybody else with, with our brand. We're really saying, hey, um, check this out. Check out this lifestyle where we go out, we kill our own food, we bring it home, we know exactly what's going on the table, we know where we got it, we know where our food comes from. And it's while we're doing that, we're also benefiting the species and conservation. And then on top of that, we're fueling our bodies with the best, cleanest food that's available. And we're using that fuel in the gym to become the best versions of ourselves physiologically and psycho psychologically. So it really, um, it, it speaks to a large group of people that I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to right now that they need to be. There are some brands out there right now that are hitting the nail on the head with this stuff, um, you know, without mentioning anybody, but it's, that's, that is where it's headed. And in my opinion, that's where it's headed. But I think that once that happens, I think we're going to see things clear up a little bit. It's going to be a lot less right now. There's a lot of people out there. You can't go on. I used to love going on forums like archery talk uh, back in the day and, you know, getting, hearing stories and looking at pictures of people's, uh, you know, successful hunts and whatnot. Now you can't go on there without having three pages of people bashing you for, you know, the broadhead that you choose to use or the bow that you, you choose to use, or, you know, you might, you might hunt in an area where shooting a 150 inch deer is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And you go out and you shoot a 125 and you post it on archery talk and everybody's bashing you saying you should have let it go another three years. And that's just unrealistic. And you're in from your perspective. And that's what's ruining hunting. Okay, that it's it's not just the commer the commercialization. It's the greediness. It's the it's the people that are unwilling to recognize that everybody has a different perspective. Everybody hunts for a different reason. And I'm going to tell you right now, some of the best hunters I know don't shoot 180 inch deer, but they can go out every single year and they can shoot four and a half year old, five and a half year old mature bucks. And it really just comes down to your perspective and it has nothing to do with, you know, who does it better on TV or anything like that. It really just comes down to the industry is changing and I think it's going to be changing for the better. I want to be a part of that. And if I can have any sort of impact at all and changing that for the better and making it something that um, is going to change that way of thinking where people, instead of bashing and hating on each other, start to support each other and, and push each other in a positive direction then that's where I want to be. That's the end of it that I want to be on. Um, I guess that's, you know, that's kind of where I come from with it. The, the, you, you just summed up why I started Chasing Tales Outdoors podcast. And that was, w there is such a opportunity to be had right now by the outdoor community. You call it an industry and you and I are involved in an industry, but I think it's also to remember that, that this was once a community. There, there was once a point in time when you met somebody and you found out they were a hunter. They didn't pull out their iPhone or their Facebook or their Instagram and swipe through the deer they killed. I mean, I, I'm sure you remember this. There was a photo book that they carried around in the truck. 
and and they had the date scribbled on the back and who was there to help clean them out and there was normally like a and you went through and nobody really gave a darn what you shot as long as it was it was legal you know and I I think that there was such a fascination and there was such a an information influx of okay well this is how a few select people are killing big deer and everybody wanted to go that direction and that's fine but you just outlined almost a perfect storm for us right now and that is. The outdoor community has faced increasing opposition, no matter how uh, serious that you want to look at it. If you don't want to think it's a big threat, if you do, whatever, it's a threat regardless. And we have a generation that's coming up that wants to be a part of our community. Not so much because they want to hunt, but because they want a connection with nature. They want a connection with organic meat. They want to be connected to the food chain system. And they have an enormous spending opportunity which will help us with a conservation aspect i'm not looking at that from a uh, a profit uh standpoint you and i've already outlined that we're not making any money off of this it's one of those things where money that's spent on hunting goes to conservation which is the number that which should be our ultimate goal to to sustain this community to sustain conservation and if we have a whole new generation of people that's clamoring to be a part of that and we have negativity and they are hit right off the bat with the expectation that you ought to be killing a once in a lifetime animal and let's face it about 10% of the population kills probably 90% of the trophies if they're faced with an insurmountable amount of, of of negativity surrounding unfair expectations, then there's a good chance that we lose out on those opportunities. And that's very disheartening to me. Absolutely, man. I absolutely love your perspective on that, 100%. I agree. I, I mean, if you, if, you, if you look at it, there's, there's two polar opposites. There's the 10% that hunt, and really it's a little bit less than that, and you got a 10% uh, that, 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 that is vehemently opposed to hunting and fishing then 80% in the middle are going to make a decision based on their interactions with us. And if we're fighting with each other and we're cutting each other down, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I got a buddy who hunts with a crossbow and one-on-one, I give him some, some, some crap because of that dude. I, I cut the shit with him. I'm like, Hey man, well, you know, next time pick up the stick and string. He, I know him. There's a, there's a relationship there. And, and right. he does, you know, I can't hit a duck right. flying if I tried. And he pokes fun at that all the time. That shouldn't be the norm for people outside there. We shouldn't be so divisive in this community because it, that, that 80% is giving us an opportunity right now. And even if they don't want to hunt, the areas that we conserve, they camp on. The areas that we conserve, they fish on. The areas that we conserve, they hike on. And if we can show a symbiotic relationship between the hunters and the, and that 80 percentile, when it comes time to vote like they did in Florida or apply pressure to, to banish a bear hunt in Florida, which they had for one year, and then the anti-hunters spoke up greater than, than the actual hunters, we no longer have a bear hunt in the state of Florida. And it's utterly absurd that we don't have one. Right. We're, we're missing an opportunity, right. and, and I see it, and I... I and, and it's like I'm seeing the writing on the wall, and I think you and I see something that a lot of people haven't realized, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this 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 podcast with you and kind of change the tune just a little bit here, uh, because there's such an opportunity that we have that we might may not have had since since uh, the bull moose Teddy Roosevelt himself. I mean, there there is an era of of conservation efforts right now like we haven't seen in generations. And we don't need to squander that opportunity because if we can convert them now at 20 to 30, they're here for the next 50, 60 years. Their money is here for the next 50, 60 years and conservation is solidified in a point in time where there are a lot of areas that are quite threatened. I know I got a little bit off on the tangent there, but this is something I'm passionate about and I feel like it kind of ties into this. And I think it's something that people need to realize there's a direct correlation there. Absolutely, man. I mean, you, you, you said that way better than I could have. And I agree with you 100%. It's, um, it, it's something that we all need to be focusing on. And, you know, it's something I've, I've talked about with other people too in the past. And it really comes down to the fact that, you know, you see these groups, uh, you see what happened over in Africa when Cecil the lion, uh, thing Absolutely. became big in the news and, um, they banned hunting. Uh, they banned trophy hunting in that area. Um, because of the fallout from that, and what ended up happening was the government had to go in and do their own calling. People were made aware of that and came to the realization that, wow, all those hunting dollars were actually going towards keeping those poachers out and keeping those, those wildlife populations sustained. 
and they all really kind of quieted down. You know, everything, you know, besides your obvious radicals, but for the most part, the majority of the non-hunting population was like, oh, you know, okay, maybe there is something to hunting that benefits, you know, species as a whole. The fact that it took that to get there is what's sad. Like, a lot of people don't think about it like this, but um, without human interest in something, it dies. Okay, if people don't care about something for whatever reason, whether it's selfish or, you know, selfless reasons, it doesn't matter. If people don't care about it, it will die. Just like the sport that we all love, hunting. If people don't, if enough people don't care about it, it will die. Um, and so that's really, you know, the motivation behind everything with my brand, again, with what you're doing, it sounds like, is really to, to speak to these people that are out there and just say, hey, you know what, you really need to check this out, um, see what we do, and if you have any questions, if you want to talk about it, you know, we offer that up to everybody all the time. Hey, shoot us a message, you know, give me a call. I'll put my number out there for anybody to, to give me a call on and just say, hey, um, this, is, this is what hunting is. These are the benefits of it. This is how it helps, you know, all around. It helps you. It helps nature. It helps everything else because without that, without that, um, care without people having that you know that desire to go out and hunt then there won't be any money to support absolutely and then you know the businesses are going to come in and they're going to buy up that land because nobody can afford to keep it anymore and you know eventually there won't be any place to hunt people there won't be any agencies to uh take care of you know tracking and recording the population densities and all this stuff, they will, they'll, their funds are going to dry up because there, there's not enough interest in it anymore. Um, it'll get voted out, you know, it, so really it is absolutely necessary for everybody right now to realize that we have got to focus on new hunters. We have got to focus on hunter recruitment. We've got to focus on, you know, setting a good example. And a lot of people out there, you know, sometimes they have a little bit too hard of a head and, I'm not afraid to say that, but it's true. You know, I'll, I'll see someone post a picture of a deer that, in my opinion, shouldn't be posted on social media, right? Somebody will post up a picture, and this thing's got its guts hanging out all over the place, and, you know, there's there's blood frothing out of its mouth, and or they're doing something disrespectful to the animal in the photo. And you've got one side of the hunting population that speaks up, and they're like, this is my God-given right. I can do whatever I want and screw anybody that doesn't agree with me. Um and that's wrong. That, in my opinion, people can't be doing that because it, it might be right, but that can be taken away when a larger number of people votes no than the other the other population of people voting yes. And that's what we need to pay attention to. There's somewhat like 80% of the, the non-hunting population uh, or of people don't hunt. So those people vote. And if they see that kind of stuff on social media what do you think their first reaction is going to be to it you know so in my opinion we really need to pick up the pace in terms of what we deem to be ethical what we deem to be moral and what we deem to uh push out there in front of people to see are we do we want to do this in a way that says uh we're going to do whatever we want no matter what you think or do we want to say hey check this out it's really not that bad well you know here's the deal I'm in total agreement with you on this because we have to realize that, you know, is the guy who says this is his God-given right? Well, sure. I mean, he's technically right. It is his right to do that. But there's a there's a motivational speaker by the name of Andy Andrews. If anybody hasn't heard of him, I, I highly suggest going and, and listening to uh, um, some of his work. But one of the biggest things he said is is there are good decisions in life and then there are the wisest decisions in life. And a good decision can have a good or a great outcome, but a wise decision always has a great outcome. And can you post that photo? Sure. That's probably, you could probably classify that as a good decision. Is it the wisest decision though? There are so many people who, who are flipping through. Let's say you put hashtag Hoyt on there. Okay. This is, this is a really easy example. Go to Instagram and put in hashtag Hoyt, the Hoyt bow company, H O Y T. That is people's last name. So you have a deer with its blood and guts hanging out, and you put Hoyt on there, somebody who's going through and just looking to see, oh, I wonder who my last name uses my last name, clicks on the hashtag Hoyt, and there their first impression they've ever had is a deer hunter is one that disembowels animals. That's their first impression. 
And if there isn't right. somebody there in their life to change that, that, that interpretation, the end result is going to be a negative outcome. Did he do anything wrong? Well, not legally, but maybe you could say as a community, he shouldn't have done such a thing. And, and, and you know, this ties into also the fact that there was such outrage by Cecil the Lion because the hunting community has not done its job to make sure, and that is, the buck stops with us to make sure that the people who are not involved in the hunting community understand our benefits, understand what we do for conservation, and are important, I mean, vital. I mean, we are essential to conservation. There is no one out there, there is no group. I challenge somebody to give me a group that does as much for conservation as the hunting industry does as a whole. The only one that I think maybe even comes close, and their goal is not conservation, it's preservation, and there's a huge difference between the two, is the Sierra Club. That is a huge organization, but its main focus is pre- is preservation, not conservation. And they're both vital roles. They're both equally important. In fact, we're probably both working in many regards for the same for the same outcome. And if we could work together, that would be great. But there is nobody, there's no organization. The Humane Society doesn't give any money to to any kind of research. They're not giving any money to EHD. They're not giving any money to, to CWD research, but they're the first people to condemn us. And all the and all the pop, populace see is this picture. They see the Humane Society, which is a highly respected organization by the eighty percent. I hate to break it to y'all; it's true. They do a lot of good things. They're, they're not they're not a terrible organization in, in in its entirety, but they are anti-hunting. So the, the anti-hunters are saying, "Look what these terrible people are doing! Look what this guy posted! It's a deer that's disemboweled, and there's some disgruntled guy who posts, F you! This is my God-given right, and I'm going to do it.' Well, what do you think the natural outcome is going to be in that situation? What's the wisest decision in that in that instance? Well, it, it's not to post the, the the gut entrails of a deer that you just shot. I'm I'm sorry. I don't see any other way around that. And if you disagree with me, fine. That's your also your God-given right. Um, but I, I think we got to be wiser about this, guys. If you're upset with what happened with Cecil the Lion, how many times did you take beef jerky? I'm sorry, venison jerky to your colleagues at work. I, my my wife is a fine arts dancer. She's a fine arts mat. She's got a master's in fine arts and she in dance. We're, we're rolling with some of the most liberal people that you've ever met, okay? I have convinced my wife, who was not, I wouldn't say anti-hunting, but she wasn't exactly an avid supporter of anti-hunting, to to support me in this endeavor, willingly. You know, I don't have to beg her. I said, hey, I want to start a podcast. She said, absolutely. She would take up for the hunting community right now. Her her girlfriends and, and, and boyfriends that are in, the, in, that, in that, that cohort with her, from the time they first met me, probably wouldn't eat a wild animal. As a matter of fact, I know many of them wouldn't have. But by the time they graduated three years later, with constant exposure to someone who showed something other than what is embodied by that I don't care what you think mentality, they were asking me to bring venison burgers to parties. It's just an exposure, guys. We've got to get out there and show people that that what is portrayed of us is not true. Absolutely, dude. I, I, I seriously, your perspective is, is something that I I get along with very well. Uh, the way that you look at that is is right on. Being from the state of New York, number one, uh, it, it, you know, I've had a lot of experience in that the same area as you. You know, going to work. Uh, the place, you know, that my day job exists is heavily liberal. Um, there's very, very few people who would even consider themselves to be Republicans. Not that that matters when it comes to hunting. I know plenty of Democrats that hunt, but the point is, is that, um, in the beginning, when I first met these people, it was the same reaction. Oh, oh, uh, and you know, some of them were, they tried to be nice and try to connect and say, oh, well, I have a, a distant family member that, that hunted or something like that, or, but some of them would even come right out as far as to say, oh, well, I feed them in my backyard um, every day and they're my pets. And, you know, you got to realize that those people have a completely different perspective of wild animals than we do. Um, they don't see it the same way. They, everybody has been raised up watching movies, the same movies. And these, an, these movies, you know, give animals uh, human characteristics and, and humanistic behaviors um, and that's what people think. That's what the majority of people understand about, about animals. They think they live in family units. You know, um, they think that if you kill a doe, that you're killing her babies too. It's just, 
it takes education. Once these people aren't dumb, they're not, they're not ignorant. They just are uneducated when it comes to what hunting is. And since I've been there, you know, five, six years now, they, just like you, I've got people shoot me emails or, or sending me text messages. Hey, can you, uh, I just saw you post a picture of that deer you killed last week. Can you bring in some venison? I'd love to have another backstrap to feed my family or something. And, you know, they may not go out there and hunt themselves, but when it comes time to vote, you know, for, for certain things, or when it comes time to understand that, you know, it takes, that takes the power. You want to take the power away from the people who are trying to take hunting away from us. You, that's how you do it. You, you talk to the people that they're trying to bring in to be on their side and you just say, Hey, look, it's not, this is what it is. This is what it does. And this is how it helps. And I'll tell you right now, the majority, 75% of these people, liberals or not, they're going to understand where you're coming from. Like you said, it just takes exposure and, and it takes information. You know, that's all I can really say. They're not going to educate themselves on this. This is not something that matters to them. So it's either going to be you or somebody else that educates them on the matter. Make it you, make it a positive experience. I mean, here's the deal, dude, you know, Liberals get a bad rep, you know. You know, well they're out there protesting, they're out there vocalizing, they're all over Facebook. Okay, well get one of those liberals to be out there protesting for you, right? If I mean, if 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 that's something you can't stand because it's such an annoyance, fine. But fine, but change one of their minds about hunting and fishing, about your efforts in the outdoors. You're going to have that person with a bullhorn on your side at that point in time. Right. You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't really care to make this too political, but that's something that I get a lot of times. Oh, they're always complaining about things. Sure. Great. Probably. But get them to complain about your things. All right. You know, make an ally of the enemy. That's power. That that's huge. When you can start converting the opposition and I'm doing it, I'm li- I'm, I'm living proof that it can happen. You, you, you sounds like you're in the same, th- in the same boot. If you open up to these people, it change can happen. And we, we, we've kind of digressed here, man, a little bit and I apologize and, to the listeners, I hope that, you know, uh, we haven't digressed to the point where you've lost interest. And, and also, I'd also, I think it might be a good point at this point for me to say that I'm not condemning somebody who doesn't want to talk to the, to, to, uh, the, the outside world. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. Not, not everybody has to do that. If you're, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you don't feel like you have to fine, that's fine. But we just need somebody to do it. If, if, we need to badly. We're in the in the era of communication. We're the only group out there not communicating our side. So, absolutely. Yeah, I gotta have to find a way to segue that back to the conversation because you and I really got off on that one. And probably was more me than you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's just what what more an apt conversation than than you know building building uh, self confidence and 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 having the the passion to go after something and realizing that there's people out there doing that you know it just it ties in so well we we kind of touched on how the hunting industry is changing I, I I hit that about you know the organic meat and the experience we talked about that I I think the only thing that I can think of related to this conversation and if you have more that's great too is I think a lot of people you you touched on this just just you hit you just touched on it briefly hunting is being human. Yeah, there, we we have we have superimposed humanity onto animals. There is something wrong with that. I think there's something wrong when you superimpose human traits onto something that it doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't deserve them because they're not human. I think the important distinguishment there is it also doesn't mean that we're bloodthirsty killing creatures, does it? Absolutely not. No. So. This is actually something, uh, this is a little bit of this topic here, something I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. Um, I actually have a video on our Healthy Hunters YouTube channel uh, titled Human, and it's something that I, I touch base on in that video is that, you know, where we're at right now, uh, a lot of people have really forgotten what it is to be human. We, we focus too much on how can we make our lives easier you know, how can, you know, what can I do to make my life easy? What can I do to, to, you know, separate myself further from what it means to actually survive? Um, and some people, that's what they actually want. They don't want it any other way. That is how they want their lives to be. Um, that's not me. And I think there's a lot of other people out there that would also kind of join in on that is that, you know, getting out in nature and experiencing what we get to experience out there gives us a perspective that very, very few other people get. 
and it really brings you into an alignment with what it means to be a human being, what it actually means to be at the top of the food chain, and to understand that, you know, we're here for far more than to just exist. And a lot of these people in life nowadays, they're just focused on technology and, and how their lives can, can, you know, be as smooth and effortless and seamless as possible. And I'm the complete opposite of that. I purposely do things a difficult way. I purposely put myself in situations to um, experience what it takes to get through those situations and get that perspective. And the same thing goes with, you know, with hunting. And I, 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 I'm up and down swear I believe that people as a whole, society as a whole, would be much more balanced if everybody, you don't have to necessarily go out and hunt and, and kill something, but just to get out there and experience nature, you know, to get out there and realize that, wow, you are not the center of the universe. You are a very, very small part of a much, much larger picture. Um, and I think that's really what I get from it every single time I go out and hunt is you are just a, a temporary part of something far grander than you could even imagine and anytime you get out there and, and you hunt and anytime you spend any amount of time in nature you realize that so my girlfriend moved here from the midwest uh a while back i brought her on her very first hike um and we climbed up to the top of this mountain when we got there i turned and i looked at her and she was in tears and i said hey what's up why are you crying and she said this is the most beautiful thing that i have ever seen um and that really kind of reaffirmed the ideology that i've that i've been kind of talking about here is that um you can't experience these things through a tv screen you can see those photographs you can you can see what other people have seen but you have to be there in order to get that perspective in order to really truly understand what it is to to feel and experience the beauty in nature and it, it it's a balancing act you know it really is and as human beings we've only been in the state that we're in for a very, very, very short amount of time on the grand time scale of things, right? Like uh, up until the industrial revolution, we were surviving, you know, every, everything was about survival. And in today's world, people don't even have the slightest understanding, uh, you know, for the most part in this country, anyway, don't have the slightest understanding of what that means. You know, there's some countries out there where people are still surviving every day, but for us, to even come close to experiencing something like that, we have to purposely go out of our way. Um, one of my, one person that I've always kind of looked up to in the industry, Donnie Vincent, um, once said something along the lines of, in order to experience amazing things, you have to put yourself in amazing places. And that is probably one of my favorite quotes of all time because it is absolutely true. And, you know, it really does come down to, wanting to be in touch with what it is to be a human being, what it is to go out there and provide for yourself or for your family by, by hunting an animal and, and experiencing that side of nature. It is something that very, very few people get. And it's something that I enjoy so much that I want to get as many people as I can to experience that, to go out and be like, wow, this is awesome. You know, there's various ways of saying this, but you know, nothing worthwhile comes easy. You know, I think, you know, we, you, you we have always, you, 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 you said that so well, we have always survived up until very recently. And I think there is a calling that a lot of people have to get out there and do something difficult. And that mental toughness, unfortunately, for some people, it's very uh, natural. They're born with a whole pile of mental toughness. I'm not one of them. I'll be honest with you. I have to work really hard to be disciplined and push through things. You know, I, unfortunately with this podcast, I wake up excited every day, so that makes it kind of easy for me. However, you know, I still, dude, I get up at 4 a.m. or I'm up till 2 a.m. editing podcasts, editing content. You know, this is something that I have to, you know, have some mental toughness to do. The same thing applies when you're solo hunting, uh, DIY hunting somewhere. If you've driven halfway across the country and you've hung a stand, it takes a certain level of mental toughness to, to, to hike it all the way back in there and, and do something or to climb the 42, uh, tall peaks of, of New York. You know, that that's an adventure. There's an accomplishment. I mean, it's, it, we see this in our everyday day-to-day lives as well. People, people say it all the time. Nothing tastes better than vegetables grown in your own garden. Well, there was a little, there's some sweat in that. You're, you're invested in that. There's a reward that comes from that. There's nothing gratifying that comes from right. long-term. 
There's nothing gratifying that comes from binge-watching 42 seasons of some show on Netflix. Have I done it before? <laughs> Absolutely. There have been rainy days where I have just binge-watched series. But, you know, at the end of the day, I also kind of feel like I wasted the day. You know, I get kind of antsy. There was a period of time where, you know, and I told my wife this right before I started this podcast. All I would do is I'd come home from work and I'd turn on the TV and I'd just sit there. And I was so irritable and I was so grumpy. She's like, well, why don't you just do something other than watch TV? And I was like, oh, my God. I'm irritable because I'm not challenging myself. So I started I started trying to read a book every every three days. And then, you know, I'm, I am five foot seven. I'm 205 pounds. I've lost 10 pounds. I've still got like 30 something to go. You know, every day, every every morning now, instead of getting up just to do a podcast, I'm doing a workout in the morning and I'm doing a workout in the evening. You know, I'm eating healthy. Those little challenges, man, are so important to who we are because I believe it's built in our DNA to be overcoming something. You Would you agree? Yeah, it, and I really, really liked when you said it's, you know, it, it comes down to mental toughness. Um, that is the difference between, uh, to talk about healthy hunters here just a little bit, um, that is something that we are absolutely adamant about is that it being in shape, being healthy, being fit does not necessarily make you a better hunter. It doesn't mean that you're going to go out and kill more animals or bigger animals or, or be a better person or anything like that. Uh, there are brands out there that are pitching that, that are saying, Hey, by being fit, by being healthy, it's going to by default, make you a better hunter. And I completely and wholeheartedly disagree with that. Um, what I know people that are in terrible shape, but that could still climb to a, to the top of a mountain faster than me and be and, and do it without complaining less than me uh, because they have that mental fortitude. And they're, they're much better hunters than me. Uh, it really comes down to the mental aspect of it. And that's really not what we're about. What we're about is promoting what we've kind of coined the hunt fit lifestyle, which is uh, combining hunting and fitness because the two of them really do go hand in hand, right? So um, if you hunt, then you have access to clean food. If you're fit, then it's going to help you, um, you know, walk eight miles if you don't have that, that same mental fortitude that some people have. It really is just an all around lifestyle. It's not necessarily pointed to say that you need to do this to be a better hunter or to be a better person or anything like that. It's just this lifestyle is awesome. Check it well, out. You know, that's really I, I kind think of what we've we're all pretty about. much ran the gamut of what we wanted to discuss today. Is there anything that you'd want to close this out with uh, that you feel wasn't touched on or just something you want to reiterate? Um, you know, basically just kind of go hit the cliff notes real quick, which is, you know, in order, uh, order of operations really is just, uh, focus number one on, on figuring out your confidence, getting that self-awareness that, you know, is necessary because you can do everything without that. You can, you can push through not, you know, you can tell yourself every night, it doesn't matter what people think, but once you really truly believe it, it gets a lot easier. So, once you believe that, once you've instilled that belief in yourself, then move on to, you know, figuring out what it is you want to do and then find out what motivates you and inspires you to continue down that path and absolutely work as hard as you can to do it. And then at the end of the day, try to do it not just for yourself, but for as many other people as you can to try to show them what you've got to experience, to show them the positives that this change in your life has brought to you and hopefully inspire someone else to go down that same path. Um, that's really, you know, that's really the only, the only thing that I can say that really summarizes our conversation other than, you know, the, uh, the topics we touched on on the hunting industry and everything. Um, but no, I mean, we, I can tell you right now, Walt, that we could talk for four hours about this stuff and I'm sure maybe in another podcast we can touch on some other points. Well then, let's let's do that. Let's plan on making this maybe a, a continued series that we we push on in the future. I'd love to have you on and just talk about some of the awesome hunts that you've been on. One of which mainly being a, what looked like an absolutely awesome black uh, black bear hunt up that's up on YouTube for people to see. If people wanted to get to know more about Hunt Fit or if they wanted to contact you because you've inspired them on this podcast, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you and where can they see the majority of, of your resources out there? So. Uh... Our biggest, uh, well, 
basically more or less uh, Instagram is where it's at right now for our brand. Um, check out our Instagram page. It's at Healthy Hunters. Um, we also have our Facebook page, which has also uh, got a nice following. Um, that would just be Facebook.com slash Healthy Hunters. Um, we also have a Healthy Hunters YouTube channel uh, with some a lot of our recent work is on there. Some of our older stuff is on there as well. Um, I would highly recommend that you check that out or go over to our, you know, go back to our Instagram page and just kind of see what we're all about, what we're doing. Um, our contact information is listed there. You can shoot us a message on social media at any time. Um, and, you know, check out what it is that we have to offer. Check out, you know, send just, if you just want to talk, if you just want to send us a message and just say, you know, if you, whether you're listening to this podcast and you've never hunted before and you're interested or you're, uh, you're thinking about taking on, you know, uh, starting up a, a business in the outdoor industry and trying to get going on your feet or something like that. I'm not monetizing my information. I'm not, all of these things that I've learned, all of these things that I'm talking about today, I am not trying to monetize. So anybody that wants to talk about this stuff, shoot me a message. Uh, we do have our, if you want to check back uh, every week, we're going to have a couple episodes of our inspiration series out, which is me talking about some of the stuff we've been talking about in this podcast and, you know, different perspectives on, on success and, and inspiration, motivation, and really trying to just get people to become a better version of themselves. Awesome. Well, if you'll, you'll hang on the line, I'm going to close this out and uh, I'd like to talk to you before, uh, if you still got some time afterwards. Sounds good, buddy. Well, guys, here's the deal. If you're listening to this podcast, if you made it to this point, look at your phone, look, look on the, the computer screen. There's a subscribe button. There's a follow button. Hit that button so that you get all the latest episodes that come down the pipe. I promise you all of them won't be quite as intense as this one. There were some important things said today, and I hope uh, all of you all find the value in that as well. Please don't forget to check out our Instagram as well, and don't forget to to go and follow Wild Edge Inc. Check out what he's got to offer. It's www.wildedgeinc.com. If you got any questions about that system whatsoever, it's a little different, shoot me a message. I, in case you haven't noticed, I'm trying to make a living off of this by talking. I can talk to you about that product as well. I have no problem doing it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed Adam. Please go and subscribe to his Instagram. It, it, it's, it's great to have uh, in your feed every day. Until next time, y'all be good.